Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And, you know, side note, to yeah. inflate my own ego even more, yeah. I'm being inducted into the Sparta oh. Notable Person Hall of Fame wow. in November. Wow. Hello, Sparta Notable Person. Nice to meet you. Because I've done 300 of these podcasts. Oh, that's right. We're here with that notable person, Ahmed Fariz here, Chris Sims. Chris Sims on Button, presented by Under Armour. What's up, everybody? Hope you're well. Going to recap week seven in the NFL, as yep. we always do. We're going to hit every game Except Thursday night, because we refuse to go that far back. <laughs> it's kind of funny that we do that. We always get a comment or two of people that go, what about Thursday? Uh, I don't like remember. It. It's We've had too many drinks between now and then. Who can remember Thursday night? Do it real quick. Cleveland won without the running backs. That was cool. It was It was cool. It yeah. was one of those games. Well, no, it was one of those games, I will say, real quick, just to yeah. where I went. I went. As soon as the game started, I picked Denver to win by a field goal, uh-huh. and I went... There's no chance. Denver has no chance of winning this game. And Pete can <laughs> confirm that text. I yeah. just Honestly, I was ashamed that Cleveland only won by three. Here's yeah. my thing I want to say about Cleveland, and we'll move on and yeah. go on with the rest of the day. Yeah. Cleveland needs to stop, like, we run for eight. We run for eight. We run for 12. And then we get in the shotgun and spread it out for two or three plays. No. They need to be like new-age Nebraska NFL team. They have an unbelievable run scheme. They can do everything within that. They got these running backs. It should be... You know, like the 49ers and the Browns offense condensed together. It should be sweeps to Jarvis Landry, reverses to Odell, ISO smash with Kareem Hunter, Nick Chubb. You know what I mean? Lean into the whole thing. Lean into the whole thing. Play to your strength. Stop trying to be this like, oh, we're going to throw him a curveball and get in the shotgun now. An empty formation. No. I don't know. They just hmm. come up with that kind of offense. And, and a bunch of play action passes off it. They'll be almost unstoppable. So to answer your question, no. No. We're not going to talk about Cleveland for the Thursday night game. Uh, in, in saying that, we talked about it for the most we've ever talked about it What's on this up? Podcast. What's up? How you doing, um, man? Good, good. good. And um, as, the, as the intro mentioned, yes, Sparta, notable person. And then I texted you, and I go, how many Hall of Fames are you in? Right. And you said you also are in your high school. I am. I am also a notable person. Yes. And that's the like, only Hall of Fame I'm in, though. Dang it. Yeah, but I got in a few years ago. But, like, you know, with these things as usual, it's like, it's like, hey, it's a great honor, but are we really doing this just to raise funds for the school? <laughs> Do you really think I'm that important? I know. <laughs> they go, yeah, Chris, congratulations. Here's where you can donate. It's um, lost luster. It's lost luster. Now yeah. every one of my teammates I played with in high school is also in the Notre, I mean, the Ramapo <laughs> Notable Hall of yeah. Fame. You know? So I'm like, uh-huh. eh, it's not that special anymore <laughs> uh, all right so let's do it let's do it let's get through all these with a couple hall of famers yeah giving you some breakdowns of the games chris mentioned that we go through all the games because that's our pledge to you every week we got give me the headlines presented by hyundai a little bit later on on 
Under Armour is going to give us damn okay. Uh, we've got some Robin, Robin Hood players, some players who uh, kind of stepped up, underrated defensive performances in some of these games. Yeah. And then if we have time, we'll go through the Trevor Lawrence top pick power rankings. Oh, well, well, Who's uh, get the top Trevor pick? Lawrence. Who's going to get Trevor Lawrence this year? <laughs> uh, he's going back in the he's draft. He's going back in the me? draft. He's like, I don't like it. I don't like it here in the pros. <laughs> One more year of college. Yeah. Uh, but let's start off right. our first game. We'll spend a little bit more time on these first two games uh, because they were big results. The Titans defeat the Chiefs. 27 to 3. I mean, there's so many questions in this one. Now, the Titans have got back to back wins versus the Bills and the Chiefs. I mean, no other team are going to have back to back wins that good, although no. uh, we got to see how the Chiefs finish yeah, out this right. year now, um, though. But, but as far as a surprising result, you got the game we're going to talk about next Bengals and, and Ravens, and that was pretty surprising as well. But for Tennessee to win and win by that much and win without Kansas City doing anything, I mean, that would have been unfathomable just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But we saw it just happen here on Sunday. What happened? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I can't wait to really, like, break the game down. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, as the day was going on, you know, here, here's two things, first off. I mean, we know Kansas City's defense not good, right? It's, it had issues. Did I have some hope for it last week after what they did with Washington? Yeah, they tried to force the issue. I think you heard me say it. A lot of people in the line of scrimmage. Didn't really change yesterday. Same thing. Except they just – it was a different animal they were playing. You know, they, they played a team like, great, they loaded the box. That's one thing I saw. But what did it do? It just left man-to-man coverage. And, like, what I kind of broke down on Football Night in America or the Peacock show last night was the Derrick Henry effect. Yeah, 29 for 86, not a great day. But what they always do is they stay patient with it. So they make you never – you can never just go – I don't think they'll do it this series. Like, you always have to be ready for it. And, of course, you've got to be ready for it because he could rip off a 70-yard touchdown at any time. But within that, it just it put the Kansas City defense in a bind. And now it's man-to-man, you know, with guys that are not the best man-to-man cover corners, covering some receivers who are more talented than them, specifically A.J. Brown. And between that, they knew how to protect it up off the, a lot of the play-action passes. And Tannehill struck and was like the guy we've seen really the last two years mm-hmm. in this game, where it was a lot of on-the-money, aggressive, intermediate throws that they just moved the ball up and down the field. So that was that side of the ball for sure. Yeah, Derrick Henry faced eight men in the box 41% of the time. That was the third most in the NFL Ooh. this week. And yeah. so they were stuck in the box yep. trying, to, trying to stop That's him. what it looked like. And they did. They slowed him down. They but slowed you, him down. Like you mentioned, everything else happened. And he threw more touchdowns in this game than Patrick Mahomes. How about that? I know, right? Derrick Henry <laughs> threw uh, the jump pass touchdown. That's awesome one to have uh, there. With that. But, yeah, a decoy in a lot of plays. Tennessee scoring on its first uh, five possessions of the first half led 27 nothing at halftime. So, and that was it. So, so is this... I mean, like, is this the beginning of the end for this season for right. the Chiefs? Yeah. Like, it, like, how do they come back from this? Because we know the defense is not stopping anyone. Yeah, right. I and think now we got questions with the offense. Yeah. And, and Mahomes got banged up at the end of that game. Thankfully, it looks like he's going to be okay. Um, but, like, is this turning into a lost season for Kansas City? I, I don't want to say lost. I'm not going to, like, count them out of this yet. I mean, I, you know, right now they're not looking like they're a Super Bowl contender, but I'm saying not count them out of the playoff conversation? Certainly not. I'm not going to count them out yet. You know, I've, I've seen too many positives on the offensive side of the ball throughout the year. You know, I know in between the – Tyreek drops or the Mahomes stupid interceptions or whatever, there's still too many moments where they, they go up and down the field. You know, yeah, they've lost some heartbreakers. And they've lost, you know, of course, some games that they have nobody to blame but themselves, specifically the Ravens games for, for sure. The Chargers game, you could argue the same type of thing there in that conversation. So I'm not going to count them out yet. But it just goes back to what we've said, Amin. You know, 
what happened to them yesterday is what teams used to do to them. And that, to me, it goes back. Like you said, it. the defense is going to get fixed. All the money, all the resources are on the offensive side. It's going to be on them to correct the football team. And can they ever jump out on a lead and get out on somebody to make that team now one-dimensional and make them have to throw every play? They haven't been able to do that really the whole year, and that's what made them great. You know, what the Titans did to them yesterday, now it doesn't matter, but like that was the, the start of the Mahomes era was every game was like 14 nothing Chiefs, 17 nothing Chiefs, and now the defense got to play this crazy disguise and we're going to some blitzes and you don't know what to expect, but they can't even get into that type of game. And Tennessee yesterday, listen, I'll be excited to watch the film. I mean, obviously they've played them a little bit. Mike Vrabel and the defense seem to be improving in that Tennessee football team like weekly. There's no doubt about that, especially ever since the Jets lost. But like... I just I felt like I never saw more times of Mahomes drop back, and I, I if people aren't watching on you know on YouTube or or anything like that. You're not watching like how many times did he drop back, hit the top of his drop, look like he wanted to throw the ball, and then bring it back down, and then look at somebody else like he was going to throw the ball, and then bring it back down, and then oh shit, nobody's open. Let me see if I can run around and be Patrick Mahomes and make a play. Oh, I got sacked, or oh, I got hit. I mean, that was the day to me, and that was what I kept saying in the viewing room. I was just going, man, I mean, they must have been all over their deep posts, deep crossers. You know, again, there's teams that we know that have figured out how to kind of play that, and you play areas because Kansas City, only one guy on the team runs routes, and that's Travis Kelsey. And to me, it looked like they had a good plan to stop those down-the-field plays, and then when usually when he looks downfield and it's, wait, I'm going to cock the throw to Tyree Kill, oh, He's not open. Let me hit. Let me hit. You know, Kelsey underneath, who's running a fake shallow cross and coming back out, or one of those type of routes. Every time he looked like that, they looked like they had a linebacker on both sides of him, or two guys on both sides. Mm. So it was like, oh, well, you want him to go in? We got a guy there. Oh, you want him to go out? We got a guy there. And that to me looked like the theme of the game, and they can never get an answer or get anything going. And that should have been a weakness that. Kansas City was able to expose. There's some injuries in the secondary for Tennessee. They haven't been great in the secondary, but what Tennessee was able to do in this game was to get a pass rush. We saw Harold Landry, Bud Dupree, uh, Autry with two sacks, seven quarterback pressures, kind of a sneak peek to a, a Robin Hood for an underrated defensive player there. Yeah, well, he is. He's a, you're, you said it. Give him. That's right. Between him, Harold Landry, mm-hmm. and Bud Dupree kind of getting healthy. Bud Dupree, I don't know what I want to say. He played like the first game or two, and then he missed a few games, and now he's back. So I want to say this is like the second, third game in a row where I've gone, ooh, 48 looks like he's getting close to what I used to see with the Steelers. So that'll be impressive. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I did want to give them no, some, and they some got love. That pr- and they got that pressure. They blitzed Mahomes one of 39 dropbacks. What do you make of that? Well, exactly what I said there. So w- would you say they pressured him? They blitzed him on just oh, one, one of 39 dropbacks. Make, uh, there, nobody's gonna blitz him. Nobody's gonna leave one on ones anymore with him. They're, they're just they're, there's there's, and they still got pressure. They still got pressure because again, their new thing in the NFL and the Titans are good at it too is making it look like a blitz, but it's still a four man pressure and they compromise your 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 people at the line of scrimmage. Like oh, we thought they were blitzing over here, so we slid here with the offensive line, and now they're over here. So there is that aspect, but yeah, the 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 Chiefs offensive line has not been great in pass protection the last few weeks. I think that's been a little bit of a, you know, a, a bad thing. The Buffalo game, certainly they got dominated a little bit. Yesterday they got dominated a little bit. Right. But this is what they're going to see going forward until they can show again that they can be patient and pick you apart short passes and, and do all that type of offense. 
they're 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 going to face a lot of challenges like these. Now again, I don't know if it's going to be quite like this, but Vrabel and the D coordinator um, Shane Bowen, right? I know last year they kind of did a coach the defense as a group type of thing. Like it wasn't just one guy was the defensive coordinator. Okay. I'm pretty sure Shane Bone wasn't the D coordinator last year by title. Or if he was, they were splitting up duties. I know that for sure. And this year they put it on him. And to me, I think you're kind of seeing the, the fruits of that labor here. And they've just continue, continue to get better and better. They've been really good. They're a contender now. Uh, Addie Field says, damn okay, Derrick Henry. Crown Henry um, resorted to playing quarterback to bolster his MVP case. Um, and really, when you think about it, I mean, why wouldn't he be in the MVP conversation? No doubt. Like, where are they without Derrick Henry? They're nowhere close to where they are. off Without that threat of Derrick Henry and what he can do in the running game? No, they're not the same team. They're not the same team no. at all. Uh, 100%. You're exactly right. And I mean, yeah, I'm going to pull up. Like, no, he do, he needs to be in the, the MVP conversation. You know, I think if you had to look at it right now, I mean, yeah, him, Brady, Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford. Am I missing anybody else there? Maybe Joe Burrow's coming up the ranks here yeah. in that conversation. Excuse me, as yeah. I burped into the microphone. Yeah, but he's got to be more so than I think we've seen in the past position players because it's always a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Wins it. No, but no, this I think is... he's got to be a legit talking point. Yeah, Dak, Dak Prescott. Prescott yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think you're right about that. You I know do. what you haven't said lately? Josh Pete Allen? De- no, Pete Demolamalamalitis. Dem- When's Pete the last time you said, like, I probably said the, the last. whole – we always say Pete, producer Pete, you right. know. But, I, 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 it might have been, it might have been a show you, or two. I've missed out on it. You're right. Okay, it's okay. been a little low, but right, no doubt. And you, and the Shane Bowen point too. Yeah. Pete got in my ear. He goes, yeah, he was the outside linebacker coach last year, so he looked it up. Got it. Good job by Pete. BPL bet says, is it time to treat Tennessee as a contender? So the points bet AFC Championship odds right now: Buffalo plus two twenty five, Baltimore second plus four fifty. Then you have Tennessee. Then you have the Chargers. And then you have Cleveland and Kansas City. I mean, definitely it's time to count them as a, a real contender. There's no doubt about it. I would mean, you, like, would you put them behind Buffalo and Baltimore? No, not Baltimore. I, not, not. Do I think Buffalo is still better than Tennessee? In my heart of hearts, I do, sure. but it's not by much. Yeah. It's not by I mean, much. The game wasn't by much. It wasn't right? by it was much, right. It's a close football game, but I think, like, yeah, if they played 10 times, my heart wants to say, I think Buffalo's going to win that six. Maybe seven of yeah. those times. And the, and the crazy thing is, we forget, but this season could have gone sideways on Tennessee right off the bat. Like, it was not a good start for them. And it was like the deficiencies on defense were like, well, they're not going to be able to make up for them on offense. Yeah, no, and they've, they've figured it out. I know. I mean, Ryan Tannehill's finally got it going on that side of the ball. And we're like, you know, I get in this conversation a little bit with, you know, I, I – this is where, like, listen, I know we all, we talked about, I, me included, AFC, AFC before the year. Oh, my gosh, the quarterbacks and some of these players, and the AFC is loaded. But what I've come to, and to make your point about what you're asking me with Tennessee is, I mean, of course they're one of the top teams. First off, when you really look at the top teams, Cincinnati, Vegas, you know, Tennessee, Buffalo, Baltimore, the Chargers, Cleveland, let's say Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. All right, New England, Indy, the top 10 teams, Kansas City, top 11 teams in the AFC. To me, they all have some glaring issues about their team where I just go, I don't know if there's as many complete teams in the AFC as there is in the NFC. Arizona, I'm not, I don't really question either side of the ball, right? Tampa Bay, I don't question either side of the ball. There's mm-hmm. nothing to question. 
The Rams, there's really not much to question. Dallas, again, I worry maybe the defense isn't like quite the Super Bowl quad, but not like I'm not there's not much to question. Green Bay, there's not much to question. You're right. You know what I mean? So there's uh, when I look at the NFC right now, I go, man, there's some teams that are really complete in the AFC. I, I think it's more up for grabs because, yeah, the Chargers, they can't stop a run game for anything. Cleveland, who the fuck knows what you're going to get from them on a weekly basis right now, right? Baltimore, yeah, they're 5-2, and two, but like we've talked about, they could be 2-5 and five just as easily. You know, Buffalo's been certainly the most consistent team. Yeah. You know, Vegas is another one that you look at. Okay, yeah, I got a few questions here and there, but they've straightened out their offensive line. The Gruden thing seems to have settled down. And the defense keeps hanging in there and playing tough. And then you look at Cincinnati, and you go, damn. Well, yeah. I actually maybe have less questions about them than maybe any of the other teams other than Tennessee and the AFC right now. Which I'm kind of surprised we didn't see them in those top AFC championship odds for points bet. And let's get right into the Bengals because they beat the Ravens 41-17. And Joe Burrow is Joe Cool. And they've got the we got the new we got the new Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. I and, think I think and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. That's a great way to say it. You know, my dad a few weeks ago when they played the Thursday night game against um, the Jaguars, I'll yep. give Big Phil the big fucker some credit here. We like to do that. He goes, uh, he goes. You know who Joe Burrow is, Christopher? Christopher, I got it. Yeah, so he talks to me, Christopher. I got it. Yeah, I got it. You know who Joe Burrow is? He's like he's the modern day Joe Montana. That's who he is. And, I, I mean, I, I totally see what he's saying with the comparison. Just a great rhythmic thrower and an underrated athlete. But, like, are the Bengals the big – that's what I called them all day yesterday, the big play Bengals, the biggest, biggest play, big play team in football right now. I mean, look, I mean, you look at what they do. It's, it's like they don't score from the five. They score from maybe from the other five yeah, or the 55 the or Joe the 45. Mixon's, Joe Mixon's right. big run. Yeah. They are unbelievably explosive, and you're right. Jamar Chase may be the best. I, I mean, listen, I don't know. He might be the best receiver in football already as a rookie. You know. would put him in the, as the best receiver. He's up in that conversation. He is. Uh, uh, if you would hear me the last two weeks in the viewing room, he is. You cannot cover him man to man. You can't. You cannot. Nobody in football can cover Jamar Chase. Nobody. He is so fast and explosive off the line of scrimmage. Like, think about the slant he had yesterday, right? The slant route, yeah. caught it, spun around, runs for a touchdown. He he scares everybody with his explosiveness that he can sell that go route on the outside. And then he puts the brakes on with his outside foot and he comes underneath. And because of that explosion, it leads to he's open on a slant every time. And if he's not open on the go route, what do we see? Because the DB's scared as shit. Joe Burrow throws it behind, and he catches that. So his speed and explosiveness almost makes him unstoppable one-on-one. And now you're seeing the tight end come along, and, of course, running games going. The Bengals are legit. As I said last week, they're not going anywhere. So get used to this. This is They're here to stay, and they're a playoff team, and maybe they can be a Super Bowl team, as oddly enough as, as that is. But there's not a lot of weaknesses on their team. Yeah, and we've talked about how in previous years they've had a good – core of receivers they got other players outside of just Jamar Chase yes. and we see the tight end now uh, coming on national tight ends day which you guys talked about quite, quite a this bit. is what happens in our in our media climate right now yeah the day began I had no idea it was uh, national tight ends day and then by the end of the day I was like okay 
We get it. It's, it's national. It's overplayed. Please back back the <laughs> back the fuck off. How does, how that, does that, that happen? It starts. It begins as something I had no idea, and then by the end of the day, I was like, "All right, I've heard this." I, I know. I mean, it was, it was so a natural day now. for everything, right? I mean, when I first heard it, I is was that like, real? Is that a real like, thing? Do they mean like it's a really? I, I was really thinking at first, like, is it like a tight end? Like yeah. we're talking about, let's get buns that are tight. You're like, this is right Jane up my alley. Jane workout. Like this is great. You I go love, to Tariko. You go tight ends. You go to Tariko. You go. I got my top ten already. You know, good tight firm. Firm, firm right. rears. Right. And he goes, that's not what it that's is, That's not what we're talking about. I mean, are they going to have National Quarterback Day? I mean, what, what the fuck? I mean, this day and age, we got to be fair to everybody. So that is true. This will be racist towards National Guard Day if they don't <laughs> yeah. have it. It's racist towards National guards. tackles. You're right. National yeah, Defense fact- Tackle Day. <laughs> it's racist against them if we don't have that. Uh, Uzoma with three catches, 91 what? yards, two touchdowns. Both those touchdowns gave him the lead, too, in what was yeah. a back-and-forth game until it wasn't uh, at the end. But it, it's not just the offense for Cincinnati. You know, they're five and two with with I mean, you can't hold Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens to 17 points without some standout performances on the defensive side, uh, too. And it is Jake TC 2001. This is damn OK. Bengals defensive unit. Lou Anarumo is doing an amazing job with this unit. Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's obvious it was the team's focus the past two off seasons. It's paying off. Who day? So you got Trey Hendrickson, eight quarterback pressures. Yeah. You got Sam Hubbard, nine. You got Larry uh, Ogunjobi. Ogunjobi, right. Seven quarterback. Right. Pre- I mean, they were all over the place on yeah. Lamar. No, they were. I think the two things that jumped out to me about the game is the Ravens' run game had no chance other than Lamar. A few scrambles and a few of the quarterback design runs, that was the only thing that got off all day. Am I correct about that? I mean, I don't think the stats were if any of the runners were worth right. a damn, right? No. And that made it into a little bit of a, hey, drop back pass game. Certainly. And Cincinnati, as we've talked about, has a good secondary, too. And, yeah, slowly but surely, they made a few stops, and Baltimore couldn't stop Cincinnati in the second half. Plain and simple. Season low 48% completion percentage for Lamar, only threw for 250 yards, had 88 yards rushing. You're right. He was the only guy. It seemed like he was the only guy going for the most part of the day. And that's the question, right? Isn't that the question with the Ravens that we've had the past few years? Like, does Lamar have enough around him? Yeah, I I mean, you know. They do to win games against teams they're supposed to be. They do to win, you know, games against good teams, even like the Chargers. But to do it all the way through the playoffs... It's like he has to put the team on his shoulders. Well, because the defense is, you know, again, really well coached and creative. Uh, We we know that. But maybe not as dominant as years past. Offensive line's been spotty, you know, a little bit throughout the year. I I do, like... Yeah, I do think they're going to be able to okay and like be able to hang in there if the run game is not dominating. I do. The game slipped away from them a little bit yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, here's one of the things that I found interesting about the game too, and maybe it's out there and I don't even know. The Ravens got to like the 40 yard line of Cincinnati two times during the game and punted away. Right where I was like, man, Justin Tucker from 58 yards almost seems like it's automatic. Like if it's under 63, I'm like, let's kick right. it. Like well, who cares with him? But they decided to punt and play the field goal position type of football game. It was 20-17, to 17, and they were on the Bengals 41. They punted, and that led to the three-play 90-yard drive where he throws the slant to uh, Jamar Chase, and he takes off for that long touchdown catch. Uh, and that made it 27-17. But I just wondered if there was something, and maybe, I, you know, again, I can't hear all these games at all the time, at all times. Right. But uh, that was kind of a, a surprising moment. Uh, overall, just because I, I, I thought there was two separate times where I went, no, they're going to kick a long field goal, and they decided to play the field goal position game. And, of course, Cincinnati's offense has it rolling right now. Cincinnati, from this standpoint, matches up good against Baltimore. 
Their drop-back pass game is not a hold-the-ball-very-long type of pass game. So that takes away some of the trickeration the Ravens do, right? Mm-hmm. They love to you know, confuse you and all that. But if you're getting the ball out of your hands quick, it kind of you know, mute, mute, mutes that point a little. Right. And then they just pick their points here and there to go, all right, now we'll run a play action and I'll hit Uzoma on the corner post for a touchdown. Um, but really, uh, really an impressive game by, by the Cincinnati Bengals. They're rolling. They are They're rolling. rolling now. They're in the con- they didn't even need to do a rebrand, which you have talked about for years on this podcast. I, I mean, their uniforms look awesome, I think. When they win, they look way better. Oh, well, I, the, the, Nike, the <laughs> Nikeification of their uniform yes, is cool. it's helped. Right. Yes. It has helped. And it actually, I mean, you're right, winning Winning, makes winning cures it. all. Like in Joe Burrow throwing dimes, you know, Jamar Chase in that uniform. It makes it look better. Well, the, the helmet looks better because the uniforms are more calm. Yeah. So there's not as much going on. I'm and they told not, you. And they told you to your there's face. There's no way. They're not rebranding. No way. From the ownership family, there's no way the helmet's changing. <laughs> they go, Shut stop the talking up. about it. <laughs> right. Yeah, stop talking Don't ask about our it. coach about this again. <laughs> uh, all right. So Cincinnati Bengals, rebrand or not, they are awesome. They're 5-2, uh, and two and they're they are rolling. Could be even better. I mean, they had that game against the Packers. They lost you know, field goals back and forth. No doubt. The kicker thought they won that game. Yeah. So. Listen, they both games, they could have won the Packers game. And the Bears game that they lost in Chicago oh, where Joe Burrow threw three interceptions on three straight plays, yeah. that game was there to be had, too. It was going to be ugly, but it was there to be had, and they kind of messed it up. But I think we've Could seen now they're battle-tested. Yeah. They're got, they have found a, like, okay, wait, this is what it takes to win, and I think that's what's impressive a change about in them. mentality, too. It's like, all right, we win these games. No, like, we're the like, team that wins these games. No, that's another thing. Listen, I, I, that's where I'm amazed by the modern-day quarterback a little bit. Oh, Patrick Mahomes so talented. He's going to go to Kansas City. They haven't been good in forever. Ugh. It's just like, and they just, what? Kansas City is the greatest thing on, since sliced bread. <laughs> yeah. Cincinnati seems like it's going in that direction too. Yeah. It's just a special guy, a quarterback that changes the way you think about their football team. And hopefully Joe Burrow can change the stigma around them forever. It's like when Jared Goff went to the Rams. All of a sudden they were good. <laughs> All right, maybe a little different there, but the Rams we're going to talk about You're next. You're funny. And we're going to do it and give me the headlines presented by Hyundai. This is the earliest we've ever talked about my Detroit Lions. It takes them playing a team that is in the Super Bowl discussion. No that doubt. is the Rams, and they were and they were in this game. And what full credit to Dan Campbell? Thank you, and the coaching staff. Thank you for pulling out all the stops, onside kick, two fake punts. It all worked. Yes. Unfortunately for the Lions, the offense didn't work that much. Although no, they had right. a lot of yards, I think they had over 400 yards. Well, on it seemed like they Rams had the ball defense. the whole game because of all the freaking trick plays. You kept ball. going, <laughs> unbelievable. Had the ball a lot, um, but eventually it was Cooper Cup once again. On 10 catches, 156 yards, a couple touchdowns. Rams, the Lions could not get him off the field on third downs. Is why they never wanted to give him the ball. Right. Nine of 13 on third downs. And it seems like one of those games where we've been saying it all year about the Lions. Give them credit. They were in games, and they were. They fought, and they were in this thing. But it was like – They're just not as talented. No one thought at any point when the final whistle happened that the Rams weren't going to figure out a way to pull it out. No doubt about it. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, really. Again, What's the headline? You didn't get the headline. Oh, I think it's Trading Places. Trading Places. One of my favorite movies ever, okay? Trading Places. Oh, look what it's done. The Rams with Matthew Stafford are a Super Bowl contender. I mean – Hey, of course. Uh, I mean, it's it's been an amazing move for Matthew Stafford. And, of course, it just makes you so aware of how differently he's viewed now. And I think, at least in my opinion, and I think in football world this goes with it too, where teams view the Rams in the 
in the coaching world and the front office world is a whole different animal now with Matthew Stafford at quarterback. You know, before it was, hey, yeah, they're going to manage the game and McVay's good and they're going to run the ball and their defense and they're going to play tough. Great. Yeah, great. Now it's like we saw yesterday. Oh, we're kind of losing in a few phases of the football game. It doesn't matter. You know, we've talked about this before. The run game's good today, but we're not just killing them. Okay, well, it doesn't matter. Matthew Stafford's here, and we got Cooper Cup and all these other good receivers to go along with it, and that's where the Rams are special. Dan Campbell coached that game to perfection. Perfection. There's just only so much you can do when the talent level on the other sideline is far greater than the, the one on, on your side. I'm choking on my energy drink over good. here. Good. That's what she deserves. It's called I karma. What, I don't know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, 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 you're right. And here, here's, here's what's funny to me. I mean, the key play in the game yeah. was at the end of the game. Jared Goff with the pick in the end zone, got pressure up the middle from Aaron Donald. They're stud. Right. Threw it into the arms of Jalen Ramsey. They're other stud. Right. I don't think that pass ever had a chance to be completed. It seemed like a super tight window with dudes all over it. Um, but that's what the, the game came down to. We'll play in the, in the fourth quarter. And for the Lions, that's all you can ask for. I, this was interesting. I saw for Goff, he had 4.3 air yards per pass. That was the lowest this week in the NFL. So it turns out it was Jared Goff. It wasn't that Sean McVay, this is how he coaches. It wasn't that, you know, it's like no matter what team he was on in this game, he was going to have the lowest air yards in the NFL. Yeah, this is what he is, again. And this is why everyone needs to back off when you think, like, just because the team's good, the quarterback's good. Like, I mean, I used to have, like, I've had coaches, prominence, like, make comments and this is going to sound like piling on but i'm going to just add to the point of what you're making here of like oh they don't pay sean mcveigh enough they don't pay you know like really good coaches who are going like their quarterback sucks i'm sorry to say that i don't mean to be like that guy but their quarterback sucks the fact that they go to the playoffs and do that every year is unbelievable i mean it is i know he was viewed by you know some coaches around football that were in amazement that he can make it work all the time that way. And now you're seeing he doesn't have to manage the game. They're just a different team. They're pressure on you at all times. Uh, and, yeah, as we've talked about and as I've talked about before, and you know this and you watch football enough to know this too, he's just not capable of making any special plays to help your team win. And when you're making $34 million a year, you're going to get extra criticism because of that. So, yeah, yeah it was a bad interception. You know, uh, at that point of the game, which was, what, 25-19 Rams at that point? And then, you know, even the interception at the end of the game. You know, I saw Dan Campbell talking to him. Like, he, he was, I, to me, on the sidelines after the interception happened, I think he was going like, hey, dude, fuck the, chuck, the check down to the running back there. We need to go win the game. A four-yard completion to DeAndre Swift is doing nothing for us right there. Like, let's push the ball down the field. And that was an errant throw, too. But, man, yeah, it came back to Campbell gave the offense some opportunities with some of the onside kicks, two fake punts. They didn't quite capitalize on those. You know, I think, you know, 10 nothing early on, just not enough of a lead to say, oh, the Rams are scared and you got them boxed in the corner. And, and this is a theme for the Lions, not to make this all about Detroit, but yeah. they've been able to drive the ball. They've been close. They've gone for some fourth downs against some teams and it hasn't, they've gotten yards. They've right. not gotten points. Right. Um, and that's how that's the problem. they've been in some of these games. And that's where good quarterbacks, they get points. Good quarterbacks get out. on the nine yard line and throw a laser. And like, or buy a little time in the pocket and then throw a laser. Yep. You know, that, that's the difference between the great top eight, top ten quarterbacks in football and the rest is third downs that can make magic and then 
coach can't always dial up the right play on the 10-yard line going in when they're rushing four and there's seven guys in coverage and we only have 20 yards of field to work with. Man, those windows are tight. And that's where guys that can throw freaking laser beams really come in handy. You okay over there? You going to make it? Two more things. I'm barely going to make it to the end of this. Uh, Cooper Cup. Uh, we mentioned it's his, unreal. his game. Uh, first player in the Super Bowl era with 800-plus receiving yards, nine-plus receiving touchdowns in the team's first seven games unreal. of the season. Unreal. He's obviously playing like uh, over his skis a little bit here. Yeah. But, but, I mean, have we maybe underestimated him in years past? Well, why? Let's put it together. Quarterback. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he couldn't show his skill set. I mean, what was, they didn't want to run him down the field on 30-yard corner routes because they were like, shit, we'll only hit four out of ten. So fuck that play. Let's scrap that. Let's find another way to go get him in the flat and throw him the ball three yards down the field. You know what I mean? So it plays hand-to-hand. That's what sucks about football. You could be awesome at your position, but if you don't have the right support around you, nobody will ever know. He's awesome. And you know now between all the Wes Welker, Edelman stuff he does for them, yeah, they got a lot more plays that stretch the field as well. He's really good. What I love about the Rams is like what we just talked about with the Bengals, and we've hit on it with Devontae Adams and the and the Packers a little bit. And I know we'll get there in a few minutes. It's yeah. just that they don't they go to the well and drink water until there's no more water in the well, and then they go, okay, shit, let's go somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, but they don't they don't go, oh, well, we called that play twice already. We can't do it again. We'll keep doing it until you stop. Exactly that. right, and I have great respect for that. All right, so Matthew Stafford, last note here, joins the 300-touchdown club. Seventh fastest in NFL history to yeah, get there. I bet. All six of, ahead of him here. I wonder if you can name them. Three are Hall of Famers. Three will be Hall of Famers. Okay, all six that were a faster, faster pace of him. Faster to 300 Well, touchdowns. Rodgers is the fastest of all time. So he's in there, yeah. Yeah, Rodgers, nobody was faster than Rodgers. I think he beat everybody by like 11, 12 games. So Rodgers, yep. Peyton Manning, yep. um, Dan Marino. Yep. Um, mm. I'm going to say Brady. Yep. He is Brady. Okay. Hey. I wasn't sure. I thought maybe a slower start to his career with numbers. That's four I got. Damn. Two more. Two more. One recently retired. One recently retired, which is going to be like, I'm going to choke here because I'm like, who retired lately? And what's the other one? Old guy? Older guy. Elway. Yeah. Favre is oh, the older guy, fuck. and the other guy right. you hung around with yesterday, Drew Brees. Oh, duh. Um, but that's three Hall of Famers, yeah, and three will be Hall of Famers, yeah. I mean, Matt Stafford, he's a Hall of Fame talent. He's a Hall of Fame talent. Hopefully, he gets to play on this team for a number of years to where everyone could go, everyone else can notice it. You know, I feel like people in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And only people who really follow quarterbacks really appreciate how good Matthew Stafford is or was. Uh, to me, that's it. Everybody else, you got to fight the narrative with. I mean, including in the NFL, which now they're waking up to it too. You know, but again, I think I told you back when he was traded, I can't tell you the number of coaches who, like, when he got traded, were it was either one, is he that good to you? Is he really that good? Or it was two. Hey, I studied Jared Goff this year. We were, you know, thinking about trading him and looking at him when we heard he was available. I just can't get over how great he is. Like, I think it's like oh, one of Stafford, those. Stafford, you mean Stafford? That, yeah. Sorry, I said Goff. Sorry. Goff, yeah. Exactly right. I mean, one of the greatest arms in the history of the sport. One of the greatest throwers in the history of the sport. No doubt. And about has that. a grasp of the. I mean, it seems like he just is so comfortable. It's like yeah. Joe Joe Burrow. We were talking about him. Same thing with right. Matt Stafford. No He's doubt. been doing it for longer. No doubt. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day. The threat of the unexpected. 
the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Uh, big win for the for the Rams, even though it was tougher than they probably anticipated. Emotional nothing win. tough. Nothing tough about what happened with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Chicago According Bears. According to who you talked to. Um, that was, yeah, everything was difficult for the Chicago team. 38-3, to the final score. The headline of that game? Field of screams. Ah! Oh, <laughs> yeah. my gosh, the Buccaneers' front's coming after me. I mean, poor Justin Fields. He had no chance yesterday. Absolutely no chance. I mean, at, zero, at, at any point in the football game. Five turnovers, lost two fumbles, three interceptions. Yeah, I mean, they were just they were overwhelmed, period. There, and they did the press conference in his shoulder pads. Well, I mean, like that. He just went right there. It's well, like that's what you just know. Right He's just like, let me get it over with so I can go shower. And yeah, why does someone it. do that? Because it's like there might have been a dead time. He's probably the rookie. The rookie sometimes has to be the guy that's kind of at the front of the line. Yeah. And – they were probably like, he could have been walking off the field and they'd be like, hey, I mean, you can get up there right now before coach and go right now. My coach is back in the locker room. kind of, And he probably was just like, yeah, I'll go in right now. So then you're done. Yeah. You've answered your questions. Now you can get dressed, go see your family after the shower or whatever. Anybody, friends you got there waiting for you, anything like that. But, yeah, yeah it was an assault on that Bears offense. I mean, he, this is a situation where, and it well chronicled, yeah. you right. know, your evaluation of Justin Fields in the draft process, right? You've, you've seen him play since then. You've yeah. been impressed with a lot of the things you've seen Definitely. on the field with 100%. him. This is a chance where you could take a victory lap against Justin no, Fields. No, we're not and say, doing that. This That's not Justin fair. Fields. That's not fair, and we better not hear the hate from Justin Fields. I've been impressed with everything about him. Do I still want to see, you know – Better play yesterday into like, wait, you know, it's become a passing game and let me see you throw the ball into some more tight windows. Yeah, certainly. I still have those questions. But, like, he's done a really good job. He should be proud of what he's done out there. They were overwhelmed at up front. You know, they got the run game going a little early. And that's where I need to, like, again, I'm watching a lot of games. I just need to go back and see what they did. I just came awake thinking like it looked like they were in the shotgun way too much. That would be the biggest thing I think jumped out to me. Um, but but yeah. all in all, I keep, mean... Keep the, this in mind. Yeah, go ahead. On that same note, because yeah. Andy Foster tweeted in. He goes, I feel... I felt for Justin Fields, same thing you said. Right. Uh, does it seem like Nagy is designing plays completely opposed to Fields' strength? Well, it's Barely okay. No, no bootleg, no designed quarterback That's runs. That's what it seemed like to me yesterday. By the okay. Tampa D. I'm glad to hear him say that. You know, again... Uh, hey, on Monday, I can't tell you everything that happened in every game. I got notes here. I've written down the themes of the games and the things that jumped out to me. But to me, to get into specific about you know what they were doing schematically, offensively, I don't know. My feel was that, as I just said, and, and thank you for that question, was that I kept looking over there going, why is he in the shotgun again? Why is he in the shotgun again? What? Why, why are they playing this style of football? And that just it didn't seem to play into their hand at all at any point. And, of course, Tampa's offense is borderline unstoppable, to add to that. I mean, again. Even without Antonio Brown. It doesn't really matter. Like because the most unstoppable receiver. Yeah, no Gronk either. No Gronk, yeah. It just doesn't matter. You know, they, can, they have a great creative scheme, and then they can overpower people. So far, we've seen the only defensive lines that give Tampa issues are quick defensive lines, and that was the Rams. Other than that, if you're big, they're bigger, and they say, fuck you, we don't care. And that's where I'm just amazed by them. But, yeah, it seemed like we went back to the old, like, 
We're going to throw it on Tampa Bay with that pass rush and your offensive line. Like, I know Tampa's banged up in the secondary and you think he might, but that's not your team. You're not that. That's not playing to your bread and butter. That's going outside the box of what your team is and then just hoping we can take advantage of a team in an area they're weak at, but we're also really weak at. Well, they're the Super Bowl champs, and they're not that weak at that. And when they pin you into that like one corner of, oh, you're going to get in the shotgun and throw all day, you have no chance because your team's not that great at pass protecting that way. You know, They're a good run-blocking team. And we haven't seen anybody run the ball in Tampa, and that's why I'm thankful for that question to where I just was confused why I kept seeing Justin Fields in the shotgun all game long. Yeah. All right, so Tom Brady. Uh, four touchdowns all in the first half. I didn't think he'd play in the second half. He played actually quite a bit in they, the second I mean, half. Yeah, they, this were, game they did. Over. Yeah. Uh, basically at halftime. Uh, got a 600th touchdown. They gave that ball away. You saw that. Mike that was Evans amazing. gave that ball yeah, away. Amazing. And the fan graciously gave it back, which I am against. You're against that? Yes. Why? Um, get your fair value for it, right? Well, we're talking I, I would, about multi, multi-million dollar athletes and franchises worth I, a billion who's dollars. Who's to say they didn't do that? You don't know that. I would mm, bet you. Tough to say. I would, uh, listen, see I know happening. those ball boys and everybody in Tampa. They are good people. And Brady's a good person, too. He's made one mistake in How his life. How much would that get on the, on the like an auction? Sotheby's. Auction at 600 touchdowns. Never been done before. Tom Brady. Yeah, probably a hundred thousand dollars or more. Maybe I more. Know. I right? mean, you're right. I mean, definitely. Are they going to pay him that much? I don't money? know. You're probably right. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. But the guy, Tampa. Fa- Pete's saying he got a thousand dollar gift card. Is that true to the team store? All right. Well, uh, he, listen. That let's, ball would have gotten more than a thousand dollars. Let's keep track of this story then, because he needs to get more than that. He needs to get a Tom Brady autographed jersey and helmet. Yes. Okay, that's good. He got so what Pete's he saying he got an autographed signed helmet. Okay, so that's pretty good. That's we're getting there. And another game ball. Okay, okay. Probably going to get tickets. Maybe they probably need to. Yeah, but will it? Yeah, exactly. Pete says get another hundred thousand. Like I think you go to Sotheby's and you go, hey, what would this have gotten if you were to auction this I off? Know. And if they go, this could have gotten half a million dollars. That fan should get half a million dollars. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. That's not going to happen. I, and I feel, nor if you were that guy in the stands, I know I'm in free. You would have gave that ball back. You know like, why? Tell Mr. Brady I said to you, he's welcome. <laughs> it's because it's, it's a crappy feeling. Like that, that puts the fan in a really crappy position, right? Because it does. You, it like, does. you're obviously a fan of the team. You love the guy. Right. You're like you don't want to be like seen as like an adversary to right. the team. So it puts the fan in a really uncomfortable position. Which I feel like that's why the team should step up and not do that. Go like, give us the ball. We'll go to Sotheby's. We'll get whatever the fair market value of that ball was. We'll pay it to you. Uh, yeah. I hope they do that. I hope teams are listening and do that in the future because I think that's only fair. Uh, but that's my rant. Ran over. Another touchdown for Tom Brady, who uh, continues to defy all all other things. Uh, another note on the defensive Game side. was easy for them. Super easy. Yeah. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, two sacks, forced to fumble despite saying post-game that he was playing with a fractured finger and a torn rotator cuff. Yeah. They just got dudes all over the field doing crazy things. They, they got they got a bunch of renegades and freak shows who love football and don't care. You know, oh what, my fingers are blown off from fireworks. Who gives a shit? I'm going to keep playing. Like he just doesn't care. He's 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 a baller. He is. I mean, him and Shaq Barrett seemed like they were all over Justin Fields. I don't know. Every time I looked up or somebody on the edge, Justin Fields was running for his life. Um, but you know, hey, Tampa, obviously, you know, one of the best teams in football, if not the best, and. Yeah. When they have the short field off of some turnovers and th- like, uh, it's unstoppable. I mean, their first three drives, it's ins- 
32-yard drive, a 40-yard drive, and a 35-yard drive. Yeah. Like, that's just not going to win you games <laughs> yeah. against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Give them short fields. They score their first three possessions. It's amazing. Uh, last thing, Matt Nagy, does he make it through the year? He'll make it through the year. I do think that. Because they're going to hang around. They've got enough talent to hang around. You think? To hang around, yes. What if it just falls off a cliff? I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time thinking it will just because the I think their defense will hang enough, in there. Yeah. And like to what we saw yesterday, they can run the ball a little bit. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's where I'm, I want to go back for what the fuck happened Wednesday podcast because that's one of the things I really would like to know is like, what was Chicago doing on that side of the ball? And um, But Matt Nagy, to me, listen again here, last thing on this. Yes. This is where I thought the I don't want to play Justin Fields thing was a political play from the get-go because he didn't want this to happen. Wait, he looks kind of good. We're still not winning games, and I can't find ways to really use him the right way, and now the spotlight goes on me. He wanted to buy another year of that, and now it's, it's, it's here, and now the chatter like you're talking about is going to start. I say he makes it through the year, but if it like continues on this route, it's going to be dicey whether he's back. Dicey times in Chicago right now. That was Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. We thank Hyundai. We thank Under Armour. The only way is through. And it has come to that part of the show where Chris and I get practice at reading a live read right. here and uh, waxing poetic about Under Armour. Are you ready, Chris? Yes, go ahead. Um, we do like this because I do have those stuffed curries. wear them all the time. Yep. I'm not wearing them on the pod today. I got my white shoes today. But um, we're supported by Under Armour. Yep. And just like us, our Under Armour wants to give you an edge. They are focused on performing better and taking their game to the next level, like Ahmed and I always yeah. go a next level. Level up. We level up. We That's like to we level do. up. That's what we do. Everything from running shoes that propel you forward to hoop shoes that give you insane grip. They do squeak all the time when I'm walking around here in the hallways. They even make hoodies that reflect energy, Chris. Yes. We're not just about the end result, no. winning or glory. Although that's good. It is good, but we, we, we like more what we, the, the work we put in. Yes. Under Armour is about the hard work. You're right. The dedication, the cycle of training, competing, and recovering, Chris. We give you advantages, but not shortcuts, Ahmed. The only way is through. Boom. We've gotten so good at that. We right are. Right there. Pete, what did you think of that one? Was that our best one so far? Best one so far. Almost. Way to go. And, like, Steph Curry's kind of on fire, right? Steph I mean, Curry's on – yeah, he I mean, went I off. Triple-double to start the year. I mean, In I know a bad shooting game, but then came back and was, like, a perfect 9 for 9, 25 points in the first quarter. Under Armour guys are kind of killing it right now. I'm, I mean, of course, Brady, Steph Curry. There's somebody else I'm missing, too, that's uh, – I'm blanking on, but Don't I just say it because thinking. it might not be an Under Armour guy. No, I'm and per- I like you know yeah. I like it. The only way is through. I think that is actually good because sometimes you don't want to do something. You got to. You got to. The only way is through. No, no, you doubt. got no choice. Yeah. Just go through it. Right. You got to go through it. You got to put in the hard work. You want the gut. You want the glory. You know. You gotta got to put your guts into it a little bit because if you don't, you'll never get a damn okay. Presented by Under Armour. Damn. I'm okay. Damn. I'm okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yes. I'm okay. The legal gambleizing. Oh, baby. I am Chris Sims. <laughs> okay. Damn. Okay. Okay. All right, and this is the hashtag National Tight End Day edition. Pete, I told you, I, I think we've we've uh, jumped the shark on uh, National Tight End Day. No, I knew it was. I knew it was coming. Best it was tight coming. end Pete I've goes, seen. What? Best nah. <laughs> tight end I've seen 
Kylie Jenner started off. Oh, oh we're uh, talking see, about tight ends, the position. Sorry, right? Oh, Pete, my this is bad. what we're gonna do. I thought we were talking about tight ends. Just Sorry. so, just to make sure that we haven't, you know, hung on to something <laughs> that now is out of style. We're gonna go next level on it. So you have to bleep out and take. <laughs> you out know the whole me. Thing. You didn't think I could be proper with this conversation the uh, whole time? Come what about on. Zach Ertz? Good, good rear quarters, right? Strong, yeah, pretty strong good. Thighs, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, definitely. I Maybe mean, not, not strong enough to beat out Dallas Goddard, but still. You know, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, they're a little older in the glutes and the the end part than you lose. A little bit. You, you lose do. some toning. To- yeah. Right. Uh, so Zach Ertz, we start with the Cardinals uh, defeating the Texans 31-5. to I saw a video after the game. Cliff Kingsbury gave him a uh, game ball. So he got a game ball in Good his first Zach. game with the Cardinals. Three catches, 66 yards, a touchdown in his Cardinals debut. Um, well, yeah, what do you think about him as a weapon now with, with Kyler, giving him just a, another weapon to, to use? I, I think it's a little bit like it's just, yeah, it's another weapon to use like you're talking about, and it's another you know angle of the offense that you'll have to think about. You know, Okay, there goes Christian Kirk on a post, and DeAndre Hopkins is coming behind him on a 20-yard in cut, and we got A.J. Green on the other side running a 20-yard comeback, and okay, yeah, you want to play deep coverages. All right, it's like, like what like Kansas City can maybe do with Kelsey at times, where you see, yeah. all right, you want to play deep, but now we got Ertz one-on-one underneath against a linebacker, or he understands how to read the zone coverage and where to sit, and now, man, that's pretty good. Our check down guy is Ertz for eight yards, Ertz for 10 yards, or Ertz for a, what was it, a 47-yard touchdown yeah. down the middle? But I kind of thought it was over for Ertz, right? I was like, that was the idea in Philly. It was like, oh, his time is coming, gone. Yeah, well, he's not going to be like, I don't think we're going to see a lot of plays like we saw yesterday. You know, I mean, you could see he's not quite as fast as he used to be. Yeah. Um, it, it's like he's going to be dependable, read the coverage, first down guy. That's what he's going to be. You know, it's third and six, seven-yard pass to Ertz, first down. He's going to be like you saw Jason Witten towards the end of his career, if that makes sense. That, that to me, is where I see it going. You just go, wait, he's smart. He knows what to do. He's going to understand the rules of our offense. He's going to understand if the safety plays the leverage this way, we want him to run this route. If the linebacker plays the leverage this way, we want him to run that route, right? So that's where he's golden. That's where, like, offensive guys love a guy like Zach Ertz because they, they make the coach right more than, than wrong. Something else to kind of have to keep your eye on if you're trying to defend against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. You also got to keep your eye on Chase Edmonds, I guess, yeah. and James uh-huh. Conner. They combined for over 140 yards. And get this too, Chris. This yeah. was the first game in Kyler's career with three touchdowns off play-action passes. So that running attack helped Kyler in the passing game. If anybody's been listening to my podcast or anything here over the last you know seven weeks, it's Arizona's a little different this year. They They stay patient with the run game. They can move people. There is more two tight end sets and running sets and play action pass. And hey, that that like, you know, this is where stats can lie. The Texans defense is good. They're a good defense. It's, it's just nothing early. Well, it's just game. how long can they hold on? Yeah. You know, it's just like last week they played the Colts. It was 10 to 3 in the third quarter. It's just how you know, when you're out there, it's like we've talked about this before. When you're out there every four plays, yeah, you're going to break down eventually. And, you know, that's basically what we saw there yesterday. We saw the Texans' defense keep them in the football game, but they absolutely have no freaking offense at all. And, of course, against that defense with Cardinals, they got talent and all the things they do. I mean, Marcus Golden looks like he's found his, like, I mean, he looks like the guy that, that left Arizona to go to the Giants a few years ago. And I want to go, what the hell? Why didn't you look like this with my Giants? Like, what the <laughs> hell? But, yeah, I just um, – they're, they continue to impress me because they show the ability to win games different ways. Like yesterday wasn't like beautiful. They kind of just hung in there. And okay, we got a safety. 
but they didn't crumble. They didn't make any other mistakes after that. They got the game back in control, and Kyler's just got a good feel right now of like, oh, let me let me take a whole shot down the right sideline to AJ Green. This is a tight one, but I'm going to throw the laser in there, or just knowing when to like kind of play it safe. And they're they're doing a lot of good things on on both sides of the football, Arizona, and that's why, of course, they're seven and zero. Yeah, held Houston to two for thirteen on third downs. This is coming off a good game against Cleveland, where they were able to keep them in check for most of the game. So it's like, yeah, I mean, Arizona, legit seven and zero team. I don't think anyone was doubting that anyway. But it's just like they they win multiple ways. Yes, that's the thing. And Kyler, uh, in the MVP discussion for sure, he is the fourth quarterback since the merger to start and win each of his team's first seven games and have a completion percentage over 70%. Wow. The uh, the other three. 7-0, you're saying, seven and, and 70%. And 70%. Well, that's, I know two the for sure. The previous three all won the MVP that season. All right, so Brady and Manning. Brady and Manning. The years they went, Den- yep. like the Denver year, right, with Manning we're talking about, and then Brady 2007, mm-hmm. right? And sure. then, wait, hold on. And 7-0. and 7-0. Did 70%. Mahomes go? Mahomes, no. All right, who is it? Your boy, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, shit. So they all did it, and they all ended up winning the MVP. Later so that, that was Rodgers in 2011 where they he won the MVP, but they didn't yes. win the Super Bowl. They Pete got upset confirms by the Giants. that. Pete yep. confirms that. Okay. So, Kyle, hey, who? If you want to make Kyler your front runner for MVP, I'm not going to argue against no, that. No, I don't. I think it's hard to argue against it. It is. And listen, Ky- the only thing that's going to be a, a, a bad thing for Kyler is there's three or other four fucking freaks out there right now who are like we talked about Derrick Henry and Brady, the way they're playing, and uh, who and Stafford. But yeah, I think like if you had to choose one right now, like who would you choose? Who's the MVP? MV- yeah, who's the MVP of football? I know we're not at the halfway point, but like just you know, gut feeling. You know, you you, I, you seemed like you leaned hard Henry a little bit. I did. I, I would put Henry close. Yeah. I, I mean, depending on what happens here and now, I obviously. Get it. But I think you know, undefeated season quarterback Kyler Murray. Well, that would be makes amazing. that offense makes yeah. that offense go. Like, who are who are the Cardinals without Kyler Murray? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I hear you there. You're right. I think, I, I think Kyler is the the he's leader the right now for me. Yeah. I think he's he's, in, the, he's in the leader house. Is what what you do you think? Me. Would you agree? I, I think I would too. I think I probably would as well. Yeah, Stafford's been great. Rams Stafford. would still be pretty good without all him. the guys we've mentioned have been great. There's no doubt. You're right. To me, I think it would be that. I think the top three though. Hmm. Yeah, points I, bet. Points bet says Kyler is number one right now. Murray, Brady, and Henry. They I say, would say Dak is number two. Oh, and Dak. We can't Cowboy boost. Come, ooh, he'd get the emotional. So you know, come back after that injury last year. Yep. They got Allen and Brady tied for third. Okay. Then Stafford. Then Rogers. Then Lamar. Herbert, and then Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry should not be that far down. No, he although should that, not. that's just a function of a quarterback always wins it. I guess it is. It's a little stupid at times. There's no doubt. So, Maybe. did you go with Kyler? I would go Kyler too. Yeah, I right would. Now. I All would right, give right Kyler now. the, the lead. right now. Yeah. MVP is Kyler Murray. Yes, Congratulations. We should yeah. get an award for that. Yeah, you know, give him a, give him a trophy. Have yeah. him accept. You send it him an energy drink. He'll like uh, that. I'll send him one. Hopefully, he doesn't choke kind of like I did earlier. <laughs> All right. So, Cardinals win again. They're undefeated. They are rolling. The Packers win again. Although, much like the Cardinals, where that, that score didn't indicate how much they struggled, perhaps early in the game, yeah. Packers struggled in this game against Washington. Washington moved the ball. Something you pointed out before we started taping is that even though the Packers won 24-10, Never Washington them. outgained them 430 right. yards to 304. And you said, you're like, how much did Washington punt in this game? And then Pete was going through 
Zero. Yeah. Washington so. did not punt in a game where they scored 10 points and lost by 14. Yeah. They, I mean, this game was really a toe-to-toe battle. It's just, again, I think it goes back to the old conversation we're having with Green Bay right now. Green Bay has – they don't make mistakes, so they're going to make you earn it on both sides of the football. They're very sound. And – they kind of have the right feel of like, oh, wait, okay, we got to step on the pedal a little bit this drive and you know force the issue offensively. Okay, we'll do that here. But they don't ever go crazy. Rodgers playing very within himself. Within himself. He's not taking any chances. But, hey, that was, that was definitely you know, one of the things that came away from the game going 24-10. You know, and that's why I brought it up. I was just like, that score is misleading. I mean, it was misleading when you talk about the fourth down stops they had when they were in field goal range on the one-yard line, Taylor Heineke diving before he got in the end zone, not knowing that rule. That was a big moment of the football game because then the next play didn't make it on the goal line sneak. Uh, Washington played well enough to steal that game there, and it was the best game Washington's defensive line played all all year. That was the thing that I came away with. Three first-half sacks, two by Jonathan Allen. Uh, nearly had a safety later in the game. Yep. So, yeah, they, they did They were, they they did were play, over Rodgers a little bit. They did play tough against that offense, but uh, Devontae Adams eventually going to get free, and that offense is going to get rolling. Devontae Adams passed Sterling Shepard for second most receptions in Packers history behind. Wait, who did you say Sterling Sharp? Yeah. What did I say? Sterling Shepard, who plays in the Giants. I was like, damn, when did he play for the Packers? But Sterling Sharp. <laughs> and have the second most receptions <laughs> yeah. uh, of so all wait, time. So he passed Sorry. Sterling Sharp. He passed Sterling Sharp for second most receptions in Packers history. First still, though, more than 150 ahead of Adams. Still got some time to go. He might not get it because this might be his last year there. The last dance with Rodgers. Number guy, one in Packers history is... This guy played with Rodgers? A little bit, mostly with Favre. Yeah, so this is Donald Driver? Donald Driver. Yeah, right. 743 okay. uh, receptions okay. there. Um, so Devontae Adams, like like you mentioned before, it's like the Packers, they know where their, their bread is buttered. They, it's they with do. with Devontae Adams, and they'll go with it over and over. Now, the damn okay in this game, tight ends edition, Robert Tunyon finally got his touchdown, four catches, 63 yards, both season highs, uh, got a touchdown in this game, and, and was more of like that, red zone end zone target for Rodgers last year's had yeah. a little bit trouble yeah. getting going this Definitely. year right but perhaps this is a sign of things to come um i got this note from lockdown cb on the defensive side he wants a damn okay for eric stokes yeah Balled stokes is a player all day looks to be a first round talent yep might be a bit of a self-scout thyself too he says yeah so add thank that you in there. a little dig to thank you thank you yeah fuck you shut down corner okay <laughs> <laughs> i mean that thank you you're right about that i had him like just out of my top five corners uh he's been really good there's no doubt about that yeah he has he's uh he's big he competes you know, and of course he can run. There, there's no doubt about that. Him and you know the kid that came out of Georgia that went to Jacksonville, Tyson Campbell. They're they're four three guys. You know, so yeah, it's they needed him to play well. Of course, Jair, Jair Alexander hurt, and that's a big. It was kind of an issue with their football team the last few years. Was that other corner opposite Jair? I think they found something there. So there's no doubt we're seeing Rashawn Gary pop a little bit here as of late. Yep. He's making some plays. Ten quarterback pressures, most in the NFL this week for yeah. Rashawn Gary. Yeah, I mean. Green Bay is like weird to me. You know, I, I, I know they're they're six and one. I get it. it just I, you know, efficiency and not messing up the game. I don't know if that wins Super Bowls. I don't know it. Hmm. You know, again, like, okay, efficiency and not messing up the game, but what about when you're playing as team as good as you, 
that also doesn't mess up the game. Like that to me is I don't know if Green Bay is going to win those games. And that's where I'm just I'm just not sure. Green Bay, again, really good. I know they're going to be in the final eight most likely. Yeah, I, I, I'm not like afraid to say that. I just don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if they're truly talented enough to beat teams like the Rams, the Bucks, Arizona, or even Dallas this year. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And then that's like that to me is where I would go. I wish Green Bay would make a play for something on the offensive side. They need. They're not going to be able to go to Devontae Adams in the playoffs. Like, like team, those defenses are not going to be like, oh, we're going to let Devontae yeah. Adams go for 800 catches in this game. Maybe the weather gets colder. You lean more on well, Jones. Well, that's Rogers' time. You know that too. When that's it gets true. cold up there, that's when they're tough. But I don't know. It's just something I, that comes to my mind. They, they are to me. I would love to see them make some sort of move like that. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I, I've Trade said Odell Beckham up, Jr. Yeah. and those type of things, but I think they need one more weapon to push them over the edge to if they want to win the Super Bowl compared to these other teams in the NFC that we've talked about who have, like, unreal star talent mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball to a degree. Sorry, I didn't mean to get us off topic no, no, there, no, but just no. something I, mean, I thought worth Can it. they beat a team as good over in the AFC as – the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm. Perhaps a question too. They beat the Eagles thirty-three twenty-two. Yeah, uh, I saw this coming into the game. Renter uh, Raiders entered the game as renters. the only of the renters. <laughs> They're renting. You know, I'm rubbing off on you. <laughs> I'm rubbing off on you. I've always been this way. Maybe I'm rubbing off on you. Uh, Raiders entered the game as the only team with four three hundred yard receivers: mm. Rugs, Renfro, Waller, Edwards. Their leading receiver Say in that this three game. Times fast. I know their leading receiver in this game. Foster Moreau. Moreau. Don't forget about him. Uh, Six catches, 60 yards, both career highs, and a touchdown. As Derek Garr goes 31 of 34. Insane. 91% completion percentage. Career best for him. Best for any quarterback this season. Uh, Two touchdowns. Did have an interception. Uh, But, yeah, like that that's an indication right there, though. I mean, this offense... And then you got the running back too. If they're healthy, they can do that. Drake and Jacobs, yeah. Like you, uh, they're the anti-Green Bay Packers. Yeah, well, that's what, yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, you look at some of these other teams in football that are towards the top of the standings. You just go, man, they got a lot of firepower. Like, where does it even start on like who the depend de- de- defend? And you know, like you know, like I think you just said, like no Waller out there and still do this thing. Like, I mean, Waller's he'd be my pick for the best tight end in football right now. So not to have him and do that. But, man, it just Derek Carr, what can you say about him? Throws a, a, a bad interception, right, on one of the first drives of the game. But from that point on, it was like, I don't know. It just it just seemed like I always go back to the word surgical. It just Every time I looked up, it was 8 yards. It was 10 yards. It was 6 yards. It was 5 yards. They couldn't stop him. They really couldn't. And, you know, the Raiders seemed – their old line the last few weeks has really played better. They're protecting well. And – you know, the, the the Eagles who really put a lot of pressure on their front four and like to play these kind of two deep coverages and, you know, zone coverages that way, it just that's where I'm mad about my pick of the game. It just it didn't match up. The Raiders have a million different ways to kind of pick apart those type of defenses. And between that, right, so they went up. They go up 14-7. Then let me just see if I can get this right. Gainwell fumbles, right? And it becomes 17-7 right before the half. So now it's 17-7. And then to me, one of the tragic errors of the day yesterday, because we saw it work, but it's 17-7. And the Eagles started off the second half by kicking an onside kick. And the Raiders recovered it. And they went down and scored. And that was night-night. Because, 
Yep. You know, as you see, the Eagles and their passing game is is less than. There was a stretch there where the Raiders scored 17 unanswered points, and the Eagles had run one offensive snap. They had a turnover there. They had the onside kick, and so it was just like that. that everything turned. That's where you got to be careful about picking your point, like spots yeah. of Ask Dan Campbell when plays. to do it. Ask him when to well, do it. Well, we saw a lot of trick plays in football yesterday. We did? That was a thing like yep. where it was pretty unbelievable. Um, and, I, and I get it. Listen, you should, always got to have a few in the bag, but, you know, I don't know. 17-7, you're down 10. Yeah. I always say don't do it if it's not going to work. If it's going to work, go ahead and do it. If it's not <laughs> you are work, smart. Don't do it. Wise uh, man Ahmed Farid. Daniel Montez, 5'10". At the beginning of the season, you said the Raiders' defense lacked a superstar, but Max Crosby is yeah. definitely filling that role uh-huh. uh, as of late. Has your opinion on the defense and how far this team can go changed? Yeah, it has. It has, definitely. I, I think just you know Gus Bradley, what he's done. Yeah, uh, Crosby's become, uh, I, I can't lie, it, more of a force than I ever envisioned him, even as good as he was last year. And, yeah. uh, but, but man, he's improved. I mean, like his, you look at his, his body, he, like he's gotten stronger. It There's no, like, it's a like different he, look. He's about a different him. player. So like the guy you evaluated out of college or maybe even that first year, it's a different player. It was now. still impressive. But yeah, this has gotten to the point to like what you're saying, where you're just like, no, he's going to be around the quarterback a handful of times today. I don't give a shit who your tackle is. Yeah. And then Yannick and Gakwe popped up a bunch of times yeah. as well. You know, it looks like hey, this is where Gus Bradley, I think, is really improved. He's tripod, got, tripod 2X. Is Gus Bradley still running that basic Seattle defense, or is he mixing in new concepts? Well, he's got a few little new concepts sure. here, but it's still the Seattle-based stuff. It is. But he's the master of it. He's the inventor of it. He's the best at it. And for them, it, I think, is a good thing because they got a bunch of young guys who got some talent in the secondary who I think in their first few years, like, too many defenses is like too many fuck-ups. And now they're like, wait, Gus taught us. Here's the rules. It's simple. We know what we're doing. It, it, and, and they're playing really well. And I, I just, you know, Gus is a great coach. He really is. He's a great motivator, and he understands how to attack teams. And he's just got just the right sprinkle of different stuff to go along with the Seattle scheme. Rich Basaccia, great coach as Come well, 2-0 and as interim head coach. Go, Rich. And, uh, I kind of want to mention this, too. Yeah. Josh Jacobs had this quote after the game. He said, man, the sidelines was just so – it was like – it wasn't no anxiety. It was weird. It was like everyone was calm. You didn't have someone cussing at you or going crazy at the refs. None of that. Something <laughs> bad happened, and it was like, okay, next play. I mean, that seems to be a commentary on the guy who is no longer there. Um, what, do you, what do you make of that? That's, that's, it is a major shade. Pete DeMolitis just said that's a major shade. That's some shade. That is. Well, you know, listen, you know, not everyone likes to be coached that way. And I think it is jarring. It was jarring for people in my years of Tampa Bay where they were like, dude, this guy is out of control. Like, and yeah, you always felt like we, you know, there was games where we're up by 10 and in control of the game. You felt like we were down by 10 by the way he was acting on the sidelines. So I think he's trying to tell you, like, somebody else made a comment this week, too, that was similar to that, to where it was just uh, something about the week of practice, how it was calm, too, mm-hmm. and there was no anxiety. You know, so yeah, not everybody likes to be able to be likes to be coached that way. But Satya is again. This is where I think the I, the world of football has to look at these guys more as far as head coaches. I, I've stood on the table for him the last two years in the coaching cycle a little bit because I know him. he can be a John Harbaugh type guy. I've been around him. He was there in Tampa when I was there. 
He has a great way of communicating, a great way of he can be hard on you, but you know he still loves you, right? Can kind of say some things and be like, you know, get in your ass a little bit, and that's fucked up, and what did you do? Whereas but, everyone thinks Gruden probably hates them deep down. Well, <laughs> well, it, it, it can maybe cross the line of being a little mean at times. Sure. Versace can do it with a right way of like, no, this is just, I'm a man coach, and I'm talking to you, and I'm your general, and I still love you, but that was stupid. Like, he's got a great way that way about him, and he understands managing a game. And to me, it's a little bit of a lost art in football right now. Everyone's looking for the young offensive coordinator. I know that. But I think guys like Dan Campbell and Rich Passaccia and them, I think, have more value than, than the – the NFL world's giving them credit for. 2-0. Good start Boom. for him so far. 33-22, the final score. Raiders get the win. You said Darren Waller is the best tight end in football in your mind. I wonder if you'll be saying that by the end of the year because Kyle Pitts looks pretty good, too. Oh, my god! Falcons beat the Dolphins 30-28. Seven catches for Pitts. Uh, season high, 163 yards. Second straight 100-yard game. Had, had one that was uh, one-handed. He is the youngest tight end in NFL history. With 150 plus receiving yards in a game, he's just 21 years old and eight. 21 years and 18 days old. He just turned 21. Yeah, well, I saw something else too. Like he's got the most receiving yards by a rookie tight end since Mark Bavaro in 1985. That which was of it. course, that's is yeah. that it. That was yeah. It. yeah. So yeah. what do you think? I mean, does. Can by the end of this year, could you be saying Kyle Pitts is the best receiving tight end in football? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I don't think that's like crazy. I mean, he's a freak show. He's the freakiest of all the tight ends in football. Like, how do you guard him? They, Brian Flores, the Dolphins, did not know how to guard well, him. Well, no, you could see. They, they were like, wait, we're going to put our Xavier Howard on him man-to-man. Didn't matter. You know, that's where he's got a little bit of, like, the Gronk effect, right, where uh, he's more athletic than Gronk, so he can run like a, like a slower-ish big receiver, but... It's one of those to me, and this is where I know like Gronk used to surprise people, and then they would get out on the field if they hadn't played the Patriots or stuff. They would just go, we just didn't realize how big he was. We just didn't realize that we thought we had a big guy covering him, and it just we covered him, but it just didn't matter. He just he shielded us. He held it off of his body. He throws up his arms that are seven feet long and catches it. Like that's what Kyle Pitts is. So it's like even when you see good coverage, it just doesn't really matter. And they have found a little niche for him within the offense too, and how to like stress you out with how they line up in formations. And uh, yeah, Matt Ryan and company, they got a little co- combination going there with the group. Atlanta's got it going. They really do. Yeah, they're, they're three and football. three. Yeah. They're in wild card contention. I mean, yeah. like how long can they? Stay there, you don't know. I mean, they're. I mean, I don't know what their other wins are against. I mean, they got the win against the Dolphins here with Strugglesville. Yeah, um, they beat you know the Jets and and uh, they beat the Jets and the Giants. So okay, it's not so impressive, <laughs> right? It's <laughs> yeah, not impressive, but yeah. they're not going to be a pushover. And I think their offense has kind of found what works for them. And Matt Ryan's playing pretty good football. And when they have a good, healthy Calvin Ridley to go along with Pitts, like you're talking about, and um, you know Cordero Patterson. You know, they pose some problems for whoever that defense is. This game yeah. was fun to watch. It was a lot of back and forth. It was. It was a lot of back and forth. You know, Tua played pretty good. Yeah, he had the two bad interceptions. Let's get into that. Yeah. Let's get into that because right. that's, that's another big talking point in this one. I think this was the game where after that second really bad interception, there were people in Miami who have defended Tua that were like, I don't know, I can't do it anymore. He's not the answer. I think a prominent beat writer kind of tweeted like, well, he's two was not the answer. Um, and, and, and I deep down felt, I was like, this is where it's going to happen for Chris. Chris has been 
beating the drum on like, okay, pump the brakes. Two is not quite as good as we're all making him out to be. I was like, this might be the game where Chris now turns out to be higher on Tua than most other people. Well, like, this is where it flips for well, you. So tell me, what did you think of Tua in Well, that people game? are piling on now. And it's like, I want to be like, it's, you're too late to the party. Like, you know, you're not allowed to pile on. If you didn't really <laughs> notice it now, then shut up and just, you know, back off. Early. I'm the only one that can crap well, you on can't, him. Well, you can't defend him like there's no end and then just change your mind in 10 days. Like, yeah. no, that, that's to me where it's gotten crazy. And then, you know, I think people are realizing it because they're hearing it from when you know, other teams when they play him. And, you know, I think the last two weeks is, you know, even though it's been good play, I think the other thing that just jumps out to you is, man, his arm is just average. And they have to manage so many ways to throw the ball in the middle of the field to kind of make it all work. And it's just hard to win games like that, to just always put together a drive that way. But he wasn't bad. He was not of the bad. Tutor. He I mean, can execute the offense. After that, inter- that, plays, second, after right. that second bad interception, he went six for six, nine play, ninety yard touchdown. That was a huge drive. drive. Yeah, huge drive. Came right back, no doubt about it. I mean, he does. He knows how to play. He can play the game. Mm-hmm. It's just, can he make plays to change the game? And that's what he's expected to do when you're a top five pick. And unfortunately, you know, the guys that were drafted by him, Herbert and Burrow, they do that every game. And Tua, okay, fine, you can be. Good guy, execute, boom, nine plays, 90-yard drives. That's great because you're not going to get a lot of like three-play 90-yard drives or anything like that out of them. But when you're that guy, Ahmed, I think what compounds it is you can't be dumb interception guy too. And that's what we kind of see every game from him to a degree too where you just go, what? Yeah. What? That it's like was, a ceiling and floor, right? If, that if was if just like if you're, you're playing so good. How did yeah. you do that one right there? If your ceiling's not going to be a guy that can put the game on his shoulders and win it, you can't also be the guy that that's makes d- like the crucial yeah, mistakes. And I'm not trying again. It's a lot of good there. There's right. there is a lot of good. Yes. Um, but I think again, it just goes back to what I've always been saying. There's a certain support system that's needed, I think, to make Tua work. Where again, Burrow and Herbert, you can put in any offense, and I'd go, it'll work. Trust me. It'll work. No doubt about that. We'll see. And, of course, the Deshaun Watson stuff is very real, as we've been saying all along. So I think that has a real possibility of happening maybe this week. There's no doubt about it. And, yeah, from what I've heard, that's where Deshaun Watson wants to go, and I've heard that from pretty good sources. Such a head-scratcher, that whole story of, like, okay, he's just going to pop back in. He's going to be allowed to play. It's like, no, No, he's not going to be allowed to play. And then the NFL is going to shut it down. But they're like, okay, that's a guy you give up three first-rounders or two first-rounders for. It's like, none of it makes sense to me, honestly. I don't – doesn't it uh, for me if i if you were like i think nothing's gonna happen but it seems like there's a ton of chatter out there where he could go yeah so, no we'll i I, I, th- I think it's i think carolina and miami just from the people i know in football are are they want to make it happen they're like, just so desperate that there's like we don't even care if this doesn't work out for this year I, no yeah it. i think i think i think miami is going this year's done already yeah. So let's just start building for the future more. They think they've realized, like, so what if we got in the playoffs? We're not a real Super Bowl team. Like, we're not real. Right. So, yeah, they're, I think they're thinking about the future right now. So that was uh, loved the tight ends. Also give love to Mike Gesicki, seven catches, 85 yards, yeah, he's and a good, touchdown man. in that one. So he was he was very good as well. Let's give some love now to some defensive performances that maybe were a little underrated, and we'll use our Robin Hood segment for that. Whoa, we haven't seen this guy in a long time. Been a while. Like, look at you. Like, you look significantly younger in that picture, too. I do. I wish, can we, NBC, can we find new pictures of me other than pictures ever? Because... 
because I like my hair the way it is now <laughs> compared to the pictures they use all the time. Yeah, it was, you were wearing a pointy hat, though, so you really couldn't see the hair too much. Uh, let's give, I do love me some Robin Hood. Let's give love to a Robin Hood. Kyle Duggar for the Patriots. What? They thump the Jets 54-13. He had a team high, eight tackles and a shoestring interception in this game. He's um, quietly becoming one of the better safeties in football and one of the better team players on their defense. You know, he just... Like the guy in Carolina a little bit, Jeremy Chen, he's just linebacker, safety, matchup against a big tight end and, you know, the receiving game. He He's just very versatile. So it, to me, it's like he's the modern-day guy that everybody's looking for because he's situational, let alone he can play every down. All right, we're in a base defense. He's the normal safety. Oh, we want to get nickel? Damn, we can bring him down in to be one of the nickel linebackers. You know, we can do that. You know, same thing with Dime. We can move him down in certain areas. So they can do a lot of different stuff with him, and Bill Belichick loves that. He's a really, really good football player. I mean, that was a great draft pick by by them all together. That was an ass-whooping, you know, again. I'm sorry for my man Zach Wilson. The Jets' offense needs to do more, okay? This is something I I was saying towards the end of last week when I was talking about this game. They still have not scored in the first quarter. It's it's too basic, and they ask too much of him just to make great throws. There's got to be a little help. Got to find him easier ways to get him some cheap completions. You know, I know that's not going to be an issue now because he's probably going to be out for a few weeks. But I think here the point of the day is the Patriots' defense is good. We know that. They are good. So that's not going to change. But two weeks in a row, we've seen the offense kind of make some explosive plays. Two weeks in a row, I've seen some huge holes in the running game for Damian Harris against the Cowboys and the Jets. So if this Patriots team can start to run the ball a little bit and just find a few ways to throw the ball deep down the field or get big plays, they'll be tough to beat because they got everything else to go with it. They got all the million ways to throw it five and six yards at a time and execute. Uh, So that'll be something to watch for. But that's what jumped out to me about, you know, New England yesterday. Yeah, Damian Harris was the fastest ball carrier of the week. Is that right? On a 32-yard rush in the first quarter. No, it was not the touchdown. Down down to the seven-yard line. Right. Um, fastest ball carrier of the week. So he's got some speed and a tough runner. Damian Harris, a big key to that Patriots team. Uh, yeah, just to clean up Zach Wilson there, will miss two to four weeks with a sprained PCL. So he's out for a little while. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Neil watches PFT. Way to go, Neil. Is his name. You should. Uh, hey, Chris and Ahmed, love the pod. Do you think the Patriots can make a playoff run? Seems like the offense finally woke up yesterday and they didn't make critical turnovers that cost them. So they, they did win again. Yep. I will know that all three wins for New England have been versus rookie quarterbacks, two now versus Zach Wilson, one versus Davis Mills. Um, so yeah. But toe-to-toe with Brady and the Bucks. True. Toe-to-toe with the Cowboys last week. Yes, that's right? true. And the Saints game wasn't that bad. It was a two, you know, Mac Jones had a ball jump, ball, you know, off of Jonah Smith's hands, interception, pick six, and then got hit as he was thrown as interception, pick six. Or I don't know if both went pick six, but either way, they went really close to scoring. Yes. They're not out of this yet. They're not out of this. They're not. They're, they're – 
you know, we talked about, yeah, they're not playing New England way of football, right? We've we talked about that a lot, making mistakes, turnovers, just like stuff we haven't seen them do. And they were disappointing from the standpoint of, I think you and I talked a lot last year, how dominant their run game was, how their, their O-line was an unstoppable force. We hadn't seen that here until the last two weeks, finally. Mm-hmm. You know, Chargers this week, I know it's out in L.A., but, hey, Bill and company will have a game plan to slow down Herbert. And that Chargers D-line, as we've talked about, I don't think they could stop you and me from running the football. Hmm. I'm dead I mean, they're, they, they're not good. at So that plays into their hand here. I wouldn't be shocked if they made this game close. Carolina the week after. Cleveland, Atlanta. You know, I mean, they're, they're not that they're, I'm going to say they're going to win these games, but to me they're win-a-bull to where they get back in the conversation here. And, of course, at the end of the year, they got the Jaguars and Dolphins again. I'm going to give them a fighting chance. Yeah, it's, it's they put themselves in quite a hole here, and the AFC, of course, is good. There's a lot of good, but teams. not as good as the NFC. No, so not the top, not the top group, not the top group. No, definitely um, not. But the AFC might uh, some of those bottom teams might be flexing their muscle a little bit, as did the Colts on Sunday Night Football. Watch out, beating the 49ers 30 to 18, and we're going to give some love. Robin Hood Xavier Rhodes walked off pregame warmups because he aggravated that calf injury. We yeah. saw it. During the telecast, left the game in the first half too, but finished with four tackles, a couple pass breakups, and had that huge second half interception. The Colts, this is what they do, and we, we saw it with uh, with their guy um, Darius Leonard. I mean, yep. they're they're just around the ball. They they're, are. they're just they're they're perhaps the top team at taking the ball away. I think they are. And they did it in this game, and that was the difference in a rainy, soggy night in Santa Clara. They're, they're dangerous to me. They're, they're, they're like the sleeping giant of the AFC where I'd go, ooh, watch out. You let them in the playoffs, and they keep playing the way they are. They're going to be a pain for any team in the playoffs. They are. Because, you know, we've seen them slow down Lamar Jackson in the run game. They can do that. They're very fast on the defensive side of the ball. You know, their corners to me are a question mark, and I know they're a little banged up in those, those areas too. Xavier Rhodes, yeah, phenomenal. I mean – to to play through that, you know, the calf strain and everything that way and have it, you know, re-injure or pull a little bit in pregame, you know, gutsy performance. He's a tough SOB. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Um, yeah, some big plays there. But, you know, again, it's a well-coached defense. And the offense is like – hitting that point where you go, man, they can kind of do everything. Well, they're the opposite. So Pete notes here that Indy's 16 takeaways is tied with Buffalo for the most in the NFL. And Carson Wentz and company, a, a couple turnovers in this one, which you can forgive well, in those yeah, conditions I mean, that we soon. had. Right. Um, but Wentz still has just one interception because that was ruled a fumble. Yeah, right. Um, which right. actually, if he could have gotten that ball off, would have been a touchdown. Pascal was wide open Probably. in the end zone. Yep. Um, and so they've taken care of the ball. Carson Wentz has got his ankles back, apparently, and seems to be running Definitely. super well. I mean, like, who knows how long he can stay healthy running like he is. But, um, but yeah, and, and Michael Pittman seems to be becoming a star go-to guy for Carson Wentz. So it's like they've got weapons all over the place. They do. They've got weapons all over the place. You, I mean, you, Mo Alley-Cox is legit. You know, the supporting receivers are real. they got a lot of good. You're right. Pittman Jr. is a borderline superstar. If they can get T.Y. Hilton back healthy. That's why I was so disappointed about Paris Campbell getting hurt last week because, like, he's a star in my opinion too. It's just unfortunate. But either way, they've found their groove. You know, you see now they can run the ball. You know, they're getting better every week at doing that. Carson Wentz, obviously more comfortable. Last night's a hard you know, gauge of clean offensive football. I know that. But, hey, the one thing that was different about them, I mean, first off, they could do something on third down, which the 49ers could not. 
the the Colts make you defend the whole field. Like we talk about good teams all the time. Oh, we got to worry about Quentin Nelson, the run game with Jonathan Taylor. Oh, man. Yeah, that, oh, okay, wait. They got good ways to throw quick passes and do that. Oh, oh, you want to play one on one? We'll throw the ball down the field. I mean, again, the stats are going to lie about this game. Yeah, Indy had 295 yards to, to 49ers, 280. Mm-hmm. Indy was 6 for 14 on third downs. San Francisco was 1 for 11. And there was 100 yards in pass interference by the 49ers. Yes. You got to add that onto the stats. Those were huge plays because they were willing to go, you know what? We're, we're going to stretch the field. You're not going to just play this defense. We're not going to just let you sit here and do this. If you're going to play out there with those kind of sorry corners you got, we're going to test it. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. And I give them – they put pressure yeah. on you. Watching that, you're like, why doesn't every team just underthrow every ball? And then you're like, oh, wait, we do see that a lot. And they're uh, oftentimes picks. Yeah. So it doesn't well, always it work, doesn't as, always as, work. As well as we saw in that but game. But the point is it's a lost start. And that's where I like when it's one on one. When it's like you know it's one on one. one. Yes, like take chances. More times than not, the receiver's going to catch it, or you're going to get pass interference. As you saw last night, DBs cannot play the ball in those situations a lot of the time. They cannot, and especially the way a lot of the DBs are taught now to turn into the receiver. They turn in, they don't know where the ball is. So then it's like, oh, the ball's still eight yards away. You turned into him and hit him, and yeah, it's pass interference. All right, we got to We got to look at the other side of it here. Yeah. And rough times for your boy Kyle and yeah, San Francisco. Uh, Burn Unit says, self-scout your boy Kyle Shanahan. WTF is wrong with his play calling this year. Are you sure Jimmy gives the team the best chance to win? Face with raised eyebrow. And uh, Kama, uh, Kamaroto1 says, self-scout thyself, Chris. Stop picking the 49ers because you have a friend there. They're just not that good. So the people that have praised Kyle for so long – and have been excited about this year, which they should be. It's a good roster, good team, are turning on Kyle. And you, because you have your connection to it. Yeah. Well, listen, you know, I I don't know what to say. I know I picked them to win the game last night. I did. Um, I I just, I needed to see the Colts win that type of game before I picked them. I just couldn't do it. Um, But but I think, you know, what we just talked about with the Colts, here would be my first thing, first off. The 49ers do not make you defend the whole field. I mean, that's the biggest thing to me more than anything. You don't even have to worry about, like playing defense outside the numbers. You don't. They don't ever throw it out there. You know, they never play like our guy's better than your guy. We're going to just throw a 15-yard comeback. Our guy's better than your guy. We're going to run Michael Pittman on a deep go route and just throw it up to him. Like, they never do that. You know, I don't, I don't know why. That bothers me about them. And They have one guy they think is better, Debo. Well, Debo. And yeah, but the, yet they don't throw those type of balls to him. It's always you know, over the middle, and he's running like his ass is on fire through a bunch of people. And, of course, that leads to interceptions and issues because the ball's always over the middle in San Francisco. So, yeah, they've hit, you know, a little bit of a stalemate on the offensive side of the ball. Again, it was tough last night. The weather was crazy, but Mm -hmm. there was a difference there between, to me, an offense that stresses you out a little bit more and an offense that, it just if they if the Shanahan special run game doesn't work, it just you, you I question it a little bit. I guess that's my biggest thing. And to me, one of the things I'll say if I'm going to self scout my friend or anything like that is, you know, I, again, yeah, I'd like to see them be a little more diverse in the pass game and stop looking so many concepts over the middle. But the other thing to that too would be, you know, man, like the first drive of the game, they ran the ball right down the Colts' throats all these misdirections and people going different ways before the snap and then even the ball's being snapped and they're handing it to the left, but they got guys going to the right and you're going like, wait, is something going to go over there? And it was unstoppable. looked awesome. Right. And then 
the second drive, they ran another one of those runs, ripped off a 16-yard run, and then threw the ball three straight plays. And then got into a little bit of like, I just wanted to go, where's all the misdirection stuff again? They went three or four series where I just went, where did it go? Where, where, where? Like, that all worked. Did, do we know that the Colts adjusted and know how to defend it? Uh, that would be the one thing I would say a little bit. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're struggling right now. There's no doubt about it. Can they still make the playoffs? Yes, they can. Definitely in the NFC, 100%. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, still a lot of good football players. They've been a little beat up, definitely. You know, their defensive line's not as dominant as I thought it would be. I, I won't lie about that. Um, the corners are an issue. And the offense just hasn't quite found its groove or been as dominant as we've seen with, you know, years past with uh, Shanahan, you know, at the helm. Yeah. Some questions in definitely, Santa Clara and San Francisco questions. right now for the 49ers. Colts getting on the It's hard the to be really way. good, too, when you can't stay on the field on third down. Yep. I'm just that, and that, to me, is where Jimmy's not a great third-down quarterback, and if the play isn't delivered for him by Shanahan, he's not going to make the play, and he doesn't throw the ball down the field good enough and doesn't throw the ball enough with enough power outside the numbers, let alone I don't think Shanahan, Shanahan needs to encourage it a little bit, too, and force it. And that, to me, is where the 49ers fall into a problem a little bit right now. It's like, put a lot of people between the hashes, yeah. and they're going to have a hard time moving the ball. And he was asked after the game, is, is Jimmy going to start next week? And he goes, I, I guess so. So well, I think they, they don't I know. I saw that don't quote, know when, so yeah, that's not exactly. They don't exactly, know the health of, of right. Trey Lance. And, right. I mean, Jimmy wasn't, I don't think, 100% in this game either. No, so definitely not. Got some uh, questions to be answered for the 49ers. One final game here. A lot of questions for the offense of the Carolina Panthers that we thought was uh, a playoff team called it before the season. Looked good after that three and zero start, yeah. and they look, look maybe like the, like the worst. They maybe look like the worst team in football, at least offensively right now. Uh, Aziz Ojulari, yeah, is our guy. Uh, Pete's thrown out there for a Robin Hood. Yeah, five go, tackles, Aziz. two and a half sacks, five point five sacks this season, already tied for the most by a Giants rookie uh, since Lawrence Taylor had nine and a half in nineteen eighty one. So, I mean, the Giants. Look, if you only saw this game and never saw another NFL game, the Giants Super Bowl team. I, I well, I, I thought the game would be close. I did. Uh, I, I picked Carolina to win the football game, um, but I think you know the biggest thing. Yeah, Sam Darnold's not playing good. I don't know any other way to say that. Got benched. Yep, got benched. And I'll go back to what I said again a little the last two weeks. You've heard me say this, I believe. I mean, at least I know I've said it on maybe the other podcasts. You weren't you're in here and you were ditching me for something else. Mm-hmm. Was, you know, defenses have caught on to Joe Brady. Again, I, I, I watched the game close enough yesterday to see replays, too, to where I go, okay, Sam Darnold did some dumb shit, I know. Like his interception in the end zone that Drew Brees broke down on football night in America last night. That was stupid. I don't know what anyone to say. First off, he had the post route for the touchdown. He had the underneath guy just check it down, get eight yards, and he threw the ball into a crowd of four defenders with the Giants. So, yeah, you know, that, and I do. Yeah, they've just kind of lost their way on the offensive side of the ball uh, to where yeah, it's, a, it's a real issue. And no I, running I game. No running no game running to help game. them. McCaffrey's hurt. Him not being there has hurt them for sure. Uh, so they got a lot of issues on that side of the ball. On the other side, it was Daniel Jones. Logan Ryan, according to him, said he was the QB one, RB one, and wide receiver one. Yeah, and they won, and they won convincingly without Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, Sterling Shepard, who I tried to put on the Packers there earlier in the show. It's why, it's why I didn't put pick him because I went with no Kadarius 
Tony and Saquon Barkley, like, yeah. where are they going to get plays from? What's going to happen? But Daniel Jones played really good. And, you know, they just didn't make any mistakes. And Graham Gano is a fucking weapon. He's a weapon for them, their field goal kicker. If he's like, he's almost like, I don't want to say Justin Tuckerish, but once you get around the 37 yard line, like it's almost like uh, 95% he can hit it there no matter what. And then that's, you know, a good game by the Giants. Tough, physical, well coached again, proper game plan, and just slowly but surely wore the Panthers down. And, uh, you know, Again, I don't think the Giants are as talented as the Carolina Panthers, but they're better coached at this point. They know who they are, and uh, that's where you know it was a big win for them. Four straight losses for Carolina. Maybe they're in on Deshaun Watson. We'll have to see. David Tepper, their owner, has been very aggressive in the past. We'll see if they make any moves here. I heard he wants it to happen bad. Really? That's what I've been told. Like, bad. He wants it to happen, happen, happen now, 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 now. Now, Deshaun Watson has a no-trade clause, so he's going to be able to pick where he wants to go. And from what I've told by somebody very reliable in the conversation is that, yeah, he's he's hell-bent on Miami. And I want to go, like, why? I mean, I, I like Miami. I'm, I'm all for it. If you were, like, you'd rather have Carolina, like, you, I, just go Carolina? places to win right now, set up to win. Yeah, I mean, you know, because, okay, you might not be able to play this year, but, damn, they do got DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey. And that's better than any three I can name on the Dolphins right now. And I like Waddle and Gasecki. Don't get me wrong. I like them. But that, to me, is where I just look at it and go, like, okay, I understand, like, Miami, but, like, just a flat-out no to Carolina? I, I, yeah. I don't understand that. North Carolina's a good place, too. That's a, Definitely. That's a decent place to Definitely. live. I like it. No Spend doubt. some time in the Virginia Beach area. Yeah, it's All right, a good that's spot. it. No time for the top pick power rankings. Just don't have time. Yep. We'll let it marinate for another week. We did it last week, and so it's often See, you good. make me feel guilty now with your, like, your kindness because you're like basically saying, you talk too much, and this podcast has gone on long enough. No, that's the that's the whole point. That's the whole point of us doing this podcast is for you to talk too much. Okay, fine. Um, so, but we do. We want to get one final thought. We got Monday night. What do we got? Saints, Seahawks. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I could see a a defensive struggle type of football game here. No doubt about that. I, I think this can lend. You know, the, the Seahawks are going to have to. And again, they, they do this anyways, where they like to crowd the line of scrimmage. They're going to have to crowd the line of scrimmage, I think, to slow down the Saints' run game. You could see a lot of, I think, big Sean Payton, Jameis Winston play action pass type game here to me, you know. And again, I like what Geno Smith did. Uh, I just, hey, this is a good, the good Saints defense. And to me, the Saints only have one flaw: like they just go for the jugular a little too much on the defensive side of the ball. You know, they have a great front. They should be able to stop the Seahawks run game with their front almost by itself and not leave the opportunities to DK and lock it to burn you that way. You know, I'm going to say, I, I think I picked the Seahawks by like a touchdown. I can't remember Seahawks. exactly. I mean, Saints by like a touchdown. Sorry. I want to say I picked like, Pete, do you remember my score? But it was like maybe 24-17. Might have been even a little slower scoring than that. I can't remember exactly. I'll go I'll go Saints. 28-17. I'll, go, picked, I'll yeah. go Saints by... 20. Saints by 20. Why not? It was the week of the blowout, right? You're Where right. All it, these games, well, were, we had one game, Atlanta and the Dolphins. You're, you're right about that. That was like one of the things I think that like is a little bit like jumps out about the game in general is just like, I mean, yesterday is there is 
definitely an upper class and a lower class in football. Seems to be emerging. We might yeah. see more blowouts this year than any years in past and in, in years past, where mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, the league's close, but damn, it just seems like there's. Yeah, there's definitely two classes of teams in the league right now. All right, get in there, get back home, start looking at film so you can break it down Wednesday with Paul. You know it. I'll do it. You're the man. That's it. That's it for Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour. Ahmed Farid is the man, as always, for hosting this show. Very true. Mm -hmm. Definite about that. And he's a Hall of Famer at... In Sparta. Yeah. Okay. Notable person. Notable person. Hall of Fame. That's how big time he is. Huge. Peace out, everybody. Send in questions. Any plays you want me to break down for what the fuck happened Wednesday podcast, let me know. All right. Peace out. Thanks to Under Armour once again. Clap it up. Clap it up. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.